When I think of all my faults and all my failures When I consider all the times I've let God down I am humbled by the grace He has extended I'm amazed at the mercy I have found I could never earn His love on my own Yet every time I come before His throne I stand redeemed by the blood of the Lamb I stand redeemed before the great I Am When He looks at me, He sees the bells that brought my liberty I my best I am unworthy I have nothing precious I can give a broken life is all I have to offer and yet it is a priceless gift to him the bitter mark of sin will never fade away, but I can come before Him unashamed. I stand redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. I stand redeemed before the with me to the gospel of Luke chapter number 14 for just a few moments. Luke chapter number 14 is where we're going to look for just a little while. I had intended on going back to Matthew chapter number 5 this morning, but the Lord led us in a different direction. And so the best I can do is just follow him. I've told you numerous times you'd be a whole lot better off with God's message than you would with Brian's message. And we may not finish all this up this morning. We may be back tonight. I have no clue. But all I know is where the Lord centered our heart for this hour Probably a passage that you've seen and you've looked at numerous times. Getting close, and I don't know where you are. You Maybe you have 
uh, decided this past year to read through uh, your Bible. I hope that you have. And uh, you're over in the New Testament now if you, if you go by certain charts. And as you go into the New Testament and you, and you read, man, it's just wonderful, refreshing to go back and to read back over some passages that I've looked at a time before. And the Lord gives you something new every time. The truth doesn't change, but sometimes God will speak to you in different ways by way of application. And I sure hope it will be a help and a blessing to you today out of Luke chapter number 14. I'm not going to ask you to stand. Normally I would, but I'm not this morning. I've got a fairly lengthy passage I'm going to read. I'm just going to share some thoughts, and I'll probably come back and expound upon some of these truths, maybe even tonight. But I know where we are this morning. In Luke chapter 14, notice verse number 25. The Bible said, Luke's Gospel, chapter 14, verse number 25. And there went great multitudes with him. Now that him is none other than the Lord Jesus during his three and a half years of public ministry. The Bible said there went great multitudes with him. And he turned and said unto them. Now notice the wording that the Lord Jesus lays out to the crowd that was following him. Verse 26, If any man come to me and hate not his father and mother and wife and children and brethren and sisters, yea, and his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. Now that's strong wording. It's what the Lord Jesus Christ has laid out. Look at verse 27. And whosoever doth not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. Two times, verse 26 and verse number 27, Jesus laid out some requirements. If you want to be his disciples and if you don't want to follow those requirements, you cannot be his disciple. That's pretty clear. Look at verse 28. For which of you intending to build a tower sitteth not down first? And counteth the cost, whether he have sufficient to finish it. Lest haply, after he hath laid the foundation and is not able to finish it, all that behold it begin to mock him, saying, This man began to build and was not able to finish. So he gives us a, a picture of somebody trying to build a tower or a house, and they didn't count the cost and they didn't finish. Somebody's going to end up mocking them. Look at verse number 31. Or what king? Going to make war against another king, sitteth not down first, and consulteth whether he be able with ten thousand to meet him that cometh against him with twenty thousand, or else, while the other is yet a great way off, he sendeth an ambassage and desireth conditions of peace. So he lays out, he said, you know, you ought to consider the cost when you're building something, make sure you got sufficient to finish it. And then if you were a king and you were going to battle and you got 10,000, you're going to get somebody with 20,000, you better count the cost. And basically that's what he is, he, he's, he's painting a picture for the people to understand. And so we can understand. Well, look at verse number 33. So likewise, just as a man counts the cost to build a tower, just as a king would count the cost before he goes into war, he said in verse number 33, so likewise, whosoever he be of you that forsaketh not all that he hath, here it is again, he cannot be my disciple. Then he said, salt is good, but if the salt have lost his savor, wherewith shall it be seasoned? It is neither fit for the land, nor yet for the dung hill, but men cast it out. He that hath ears to hear, let him hear. And what really grabbed my attention again was found in verse 26, verse number 27, where the Lord said, if you don't do certain things, you cannot be my requirement. There's some requirements to following the Lord. Then he said, in verse 33, he said it again. Whosoever he be 
of you that forsaketh not all that he hath, he cannot be my disciple three times. Jesus said, if we don't do certain things, we can't. He didn't stutter. We cannot be his disciple. Let's pray. Father, as we bow in your presence, God, again this morning, we sure do love you. Thank you, Lord, for your faithfulness. Thank you for your goodness. Lord, I'm glad that you're interceding on my behalf. Lord, I can't stand alone. Lord, I, as I stand behind this sacred desk, God, I confess my faults, my failures. I sure do need you. I confess that I'm nothing. Lord, you are everything. I pray that you challenge hearts today. If there's one amongst us that's never been saved, never been born again, God, may today, may this very hour be the day that somebody walks the aisle and give their heart and life to the Lord Jesus. I pray that you do all work that only you can do. Help us to focus in on what you say in your word today. We'll be careful to give you thanks and praise for everything done. If we ask all these things in Jesus' name all God's people said amen well if I could preach on a thought this morning it'd be simple just a simple statement like this the call of consideration that's what we could characterize these verses in which we have read to you this morning Jesus as these he was teaching and his followers were following him he, he turned and looked straight at them and he laid out three times some things that needed to take place if they wanted to be his disciples so I believe it was a call to consideration that same call is 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 relevant for me today. It's relevant for you today. There's some things that uh, we need to consider. You know, when I think about uh, market prices and we think about uh, the market price in general, basically the market is dependent upon supply and demand. And basically, what is a person willing to to spend to 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 obtain a good or a commodity? Or an asset. That, that's a good, I guess, definition of market price. It certainly is affected by supply and demand. But what is a person willing to spend to obtain a certain good, a certain commodity, or some kind of asset? What is somebody willing to pay? That will be that market price. Now, we've all, I believe all of us can sympathize with this. We've all felt the effects of inflation. We were talking the other night. Christy and I, me, or Christy and Gracie and I, to get my grammar right, we all went uh, to Subway. We are going to get a sandwich. Brother Tony, we went in. I mean, I guess it's been a while since we'd went in there. So myself, Christy, and Gracie, we ate, and we got the grand to $38, man, for Subway. We wasn't, ain't talking about fillets or, or ribeye. I'm talking about a BMT, and I think Christy got one of them, them, some kind of chicken thing, and Gracie got a little $38. And we've dealt with inflation. You can't even hardly go to a McDonald's anymore and, and get full less than $10, man. Inflation has hit us, and oftentimes we might even make this statement. Stay with me right here. We'll make this statement, is it worth it? Is what I'm getting ready to spend, is it worth it? On this call to consideration this morning, as Jesus dealt with his disciples, you're going to be pointed with this question, is it worth it to be a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ? I want to go ahead and answer that before I even preach to it. Oh, yes, it is worth it to be a disciple and a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. So make no mistake about where I'm going, but is it worth? There's a call to consideration. Jesus got down right where they lived. Are there some things you're willing to sacrifice, to give up, to invest in the work of God? And I tell you, it'll be worth it all. There's an old 
song that says it'll be worth it after all, child. It'll be worth it after all when the smoke settles and, and the dust clears and all that is gone and, and we enter into heaven. We'll be glad that we gave our heart and life to the Lord Jesus Christ, number one, for salvation. But number two, we surrender every aspect and every facet of our life to the will and the word and the way of God and we'll be glad that we have done that. And you think about here the call of consideration and Jesus called his followers to consider some things. And he gave these examples of that man building a tower. There's a house if you come down to my home and uh, just before you get our house will be in sight. You can come in. You can look to the right. And there's an old foundation that is laid there. It's, there's, there's concrete that's, that's been poured. There, there's a cement slab underneath. And there's foundation walls that got up. And that is as far as it went probably 30-some uh, years ago. And the foundation went up. Now it's just covered up with weeds. Somebody may look at that and they say, Well, man, somebody started that and didn't finish it. You know, I'm afraid there's a lot of lives. There's a lot of people that have gave their, their heart to the Lord Jesus Christ for salvation. But they've never moved on in a, in, a, in a real meaningful relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. They've got salvation. They've got their fire insurance. But they've never really surrendered and committed their heart and life to the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, here's the thing. Now, Brother Ed, there's a lot of folks that will talk the talk. But they don't walk the walk. It's critical and it's important. Is it real? Does it really matter? Is it worth giving the Lord everything I got? Oh, yes, it is because He gave everything that He had so you and I can be forgiven of our sin and go to a place called heaven one day. I say, oh, yes, it is worth surrendering not some, not part, but all of our life to the Lord Jesus Christ. Yes, my friend, it is worth it. But when you think about this, that individual that, that built that foundation then quit. There's a lot of folks that have got that testimony even in the Christian lives today around us. But when it comes to discipleship, what is a what does discipleship mean? It's really a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. Sort of like a Christian is a follower of Christ. We pattern our life after Christ. Now, we could never obtain that, but that is our pattern. That is our standard. That's what we shoot for. That should be our goal to be conformed to the image of His dear Son. As Paul told the church in Rome, there in Romans chapter number 8, we're to be conformed or the same as or to be like the Lord Jesus. Peter said He is our pattern. We should certainly pattern our life and be a disciple, a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. But there's some things that that involves. What are they, preacher? Well, they serve. I'm going to hit, and I'm probably going to elaborate more on this tonight. But as you ask the question, is it worth being a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ? Because notice what he said in verse 26. If any man come to me and hate not his father and mother and wife and children and brethren and sisters, yea, and his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. And as Jesus teaching that we ought to hate our parents and hate those who are. No, absolutely not. But in light of our relationship with God, nothing should stand in the way of our commitment to Christ. Amen. That's what he's teaching. That's what he's saying. I understand in the day and hour in which really if you say, man, this is 2023. It don't matter. God don't change. His word don't change. It's forever settled in heaven. There's some requirements that he lays out. We should love God so much that nothing just gets in the way, stands in the way of our commitment to the Lord Jesus Christ. He said this in verse 27, Whosoever doth not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. Bear that cross. That cross speaks of death. 
You know, there's a lot of self-aholics, man. It's all about me, myself, and I. And you'll never be a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ till you get yourself out of the way and you let the Lord Jesus Christ rule and reign in your heart and life. Verse 33 said, So likewise, whosoever he be of you that forsaketh not all that he hath, he cannot be my disciple. Boy, that's strong wording. But there's some things that, that, that are necessary when an individual is confronted with thought, is it worth being a disciple? It's what Jesus laid out. Is it worth it? Number one, there's got to be education. Got to be edu- all the, these start with E. Just, just I'm gonna blaze through it, and I'll probably hit them tonight. But it has to do with education. What do you mean education, preacher? When it comes to being a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ, the first and foremost, listen. If you've never been saved, don't worry about anything other than just giving your heart and life to the Lord Jesus Christ. That is your greatest need. Yes, sir, and yes, ma'am. The Lord Jesus Christ went to an old rugged cross over two thousand years ago. He didn't go for his sin. He went there for my sin and your sin and the sin of the whole world. He he purchased us off the slave market of sin. Now, when an individual comes to the realization that the Bible. Does teach this in Romans 10, uh, Romans 3 and verse number 10. There's none righteous, no, not one. Romans 3 23 said, For all the sin come short of the glory of God. You've got to realize that. You've got to accept that. You've got to own that. I ain't preaching down to nobody, but God didn't make an exception for me, for you, for your little ones, for anybody. There's only been one perfect man, and that was the Lord Jesus Christ. Everybody else was sinners, but Lord, I, I am glad when a person realizes and understands they're a sinner, lost, none done, condemned before God, and they realize that the Lord Jesus Christ purchased their sin debt on an old rugged cross and that individual comes to that place and faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God and you hear that old old story how a savior came from glory you can experience and you can receive that victory that's only found in the Lord Jesus Christ that pardon that's only found in the Lord Jesus Christ that freedom that's only found in the Lord Jesus Christ that individual comes and said oh God be merciful to be a sinner whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. You do that, man. It don't take 10 steps. It don't take 10 minutes. Instantaneous, you're justified, declared righteous in the eyes of God through a personal relationship with you and Jesus and nothing else. Now, if you're not saved, that's what you need, first off. But if you are saved, is there something more to that? Absolutely there is. That's what Jesus is talking about here, about being a disciple. And he lays out three areas, man. If you don't do this, you cannot be my disciple. And there should be education involved when it comes to the question, this call to consideration, is it worth education? Well, what are the costs involved? What's it going to cost me? Now, a lot of folks want to take the easy path, the path of least resistance. Well, just understand, you, you choose Christ, you're going to have some resistance along the way. We just dealt the other day in Matthew chapter number 5, talking about the persecutions that come. Paul told Timothy, yea, and all that we live God in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. You say, when a preacher, I'm a child of God, but I haven't faced much persecution. You've got to ask your question. Are you living a godly enough life where you're going to face some persecution? Amen. Because all that we live God in Christ Jesus, not everybody's going to be pleased, but God will be pleased. But there's education. What's the costs that are involved? What's the commitment that's involved? Do I just need to commit one time and, and then forget about it? No, it's a daily commitment. Take up your cross daily, every day. You want to be a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ? There ought to be some education. What's the cost involved? Hey, what is the commitment that's involved? Not only is there education, I'm just going to blaze through these, there also should be some estimation. Do I have what it takes 
to be a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, here's the thing. I've met a lot of people through life, Brother Kevin, they'll say, well, you know, preacher, I'd get saved, but I just can't live it. Well, you're right. Amen. You can't live it. But here's the good thing. You don't have to worry about living it in of your own. On Wednesday night, we saw that song, He Lives in Me. That's what makes all the difference in the world is because I got somebody living on the inside of me. It's the Holy Spirit of God. And you've got to be able to come to that point where you're educated. What's the cost associated? Is it worth it? What is the commitment involved? What the estimation do I have? What it takes with the Lord Jesus Christ on your side? Absolutely you do. There's education. There's estimation. But there's evaluation. You've got to evaluate. Can I do this? I'll take it in my life. Verse Philippians 4.13. I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. You can make a positive. You can be a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. But yes, sir, and yes, ma'am, it is going to cost you something. What David say when he bought that, he went and he's going to buy the threshing floor. Aruna was going to give him that threshing floor. And David said, no, nah, I don't want nothing. It's not going to cost me anything. I, I, want to, I want to pay full price for it. And you know what? It'll cost you something to be a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. It may cost you some family. It may cost you some friends. But friend, is it worth it? Absolutely it is. That little dash that'll define our life, man, that's a small frame in the space of eternity. What we do with Jesus makes all the difference in the world. And there's a lot of folks not willing to pay the price. When it comes to education, they say, all right, man, what's the cost involved? What's the commitment involved? They say, well, you know what? I, you know, Lord, I'll give you part of my life, but Lord, just right now, I've got to do this and I've got to do that. You're not ready to be a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. No, no beating around the bush. You cannot be a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. Do you get educated? What's the cost involved? What's the commitment involved? We got the estimation. Do I have what it takes? The evaluation. Uh, can I do this? The, the examination. How can I do this? The examination of ourselves. We've got to rely on God's power. Every day that we live before your feet hit the floor, you better make that constant decision. Lord, today I'm going to serve. You're going to serve either the Lord, the flesh, or the devil. The world, the flesh, or the devil, or the Lord Jesus Christ. It's a decision you make before your feet ever hit the floor. Amen. And there's an examination, but then there's an elimination. Those things, all these things you've got to consider, is it worth it? You think about educating, what's the cost involved? What's the commitment involved? You think about the estimation, the evaluation, the examination, but then the elimination. There's a lot of folks that can cover the first three or four bases. They know the cost involved. They know the commitment involved. But there's no elimination. There's things that hinder and restrict their walk with God. Therefore, they're not a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. There's things that hinder. Those things that need to be severed. You say, is it worth it, preacher? Yeah, absolutely it's worth it to be a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. So this is a hard message to preach. This is a hard message to accept. But it's a right message. If we want to be a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus said three times. If we don't do these things. We cannot be his disciple. We'll go through life. Living for ourselves. Living for our pleasures. Living for our desires. And one day close our eyes in death. And spend through the rest of eternity. In a place called heaven. Saying well I could have. I should have. I would have. Praise the Lord. You ought to be able to say, hey, I, I, I did, I did, I did surrender my life fully for the cause of Christ. Now, there's folks in my path, in my past, and in my path 
that fully surrendered their life to the cause of Christ. And one of the reasons, and I'm still, listen, I've told, I'm not preaching down to anybody. I'm the least among you. I wouldn't be where I am today had it not been for folks that were true disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ that counted the cost. They, they counted what it was going to cost them. They said, oh, yeah, it's worth it. They looked, what, what's the commitment involved? And they were willing to pay the price and invest in the lives of others. And it made a difference in my life. It made a difference in others' lives. And now I want to do the same thing to somebody else that's what we ought to want to do but you see there's education there's estimation there's evaluation there's examination there's elimination there's some things we just gonna have to cut ties with if we want to give our life fully to the lord jesus christ a lot of folks are not willing to pay that price but then we call something execution what is execution like executing a a game plan. You have college football. You have, of course, the drama with all that with the, with the playoff now. And the teams get together and they get a game plan. Then you go out and you execute that game plan to be a disciple and a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. Just simply following through. We shouldn't be flippant. Listen now. If you ain't got nothing else, get this. We shouldn't be flippant in our decisions with Jesus Christ. From salvation, I mean, if you're a lost man, you come to Christ, he'll receive you with open arms. But after you're saved, we shouldn't be flippant with our life every day that we live. Amen. Because it's worth giving him everything that we've gotten. It's a serious matter. Did you know that, that my commitment or the lack of commitment on my part can affect people's lives? Same holds true for you. As a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ, I, I still believe this, and it's my contention without, without apology, we're all making a difference. We're, some are making positive difference, some are making negative difference. It's what we do with the Lord Jesus Christ. But somebody, here's where I really want to get to this for this, for this hour. All that sort of introduction, the message will be real, real short. You hang with me, Brother Ed. But you think about this. Is it, well, Brother Ed's hanging. Is it worth it? Is it worth it? Preacher, is it worth it? The cost associated, the commitment that will be involved for me to fully surrender my life to the Lord Jesus Christ. Preacher, I'm saved. I'm really preaching to the Christian today or the child of God that's already saved. I mean, is it worth giving it all for the Lord Jesus? Well, sure it is. Five reasons why it's worth it. You say, what are they? Well, I'm glad you asked, Brother Petey. Here we go. Number one. Can I say this? Is it worth it? Why is it worth it to serve the Lord Jesus Christ? Well, I'll just say this. We've got a Savior that is worth serving. A Savior that is worth serving. We, we come in and we sing the songs of Zion. We sing victory in Jesus. We sing the songs in the choir. And it's all pointed toward the Lord Jesus Christ. Listen, it ain't about me today. Hate to burst your bubble. It ain't about you. It's about the Lord Jesus Christ. He alone is worthy. And there's a Savior that is worth serving today. You know, I wouldn't put no stock in Muhammad. I wouldn't put no stock in Muhammad. I, I would, or, or, all those, or those other crowds, all those religions. You think about the Jim Jones of the world and the David Koresh's of the world all those religious leaders man but you can put stock in the Lord Jesus Christ thank God he conquered death hell and the grave he's been the only one that's been resurrected from the grave never to die again but according to 1st Corinthians chapter 15 and verse number 20 he became the first fruits that's the hope of the child of God I'm glad when I close my eyes in death yeah they're going to pull my body
body down somewhere, probably in a, in a casket, and that old corpse, but I ain't going to be there, man. That's just a shell where I once lived. But, boy, I'm glad one of these days there'll be a reuniting, a glorified body, if you will, when the Lord Jesus returns in the cloud. First Thessalonians chapter number 4, verse number 16 says, For the Lord himself shall ascend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise. How in the world is that possible? Because we don't serve a dead God. We don't serve a rock. We don't serve a statue. We don't serve a piece of wood that some man carved out. But we serve a king of kings that, listen, rose up victorious over death, hell, and the grave three days after he was planted in that barred tomb of Joseph of Arimathea. Man, we've got a risen Savior, a resurrected Savior. we got a reliable Savior. Thank God. He, 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 we've got a Savior that's worth serving is what I'm trying to say. Is it worth it? Sure it is. Because we got a Savior that's worth serving. He meets our physical needs. Hey, we live, we move, we have our being because of Him. Financially, physically, food, He provides everything we have. But then the spiritual needs, man, He took our sin, cast them into the depths of the sea, as far as the east is from the west. Oh, yes, sir, and yes, ma'am. we got a Savior that is worth serving. Not only that, though, is it worth being a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ? Yes, because we've got a Savior worth serving, but we got a Scripture worth studying. Amen. we got a Scripture that is worth studying. One of the little girls come up today, and right before the service, she said, What, what verse are we going to be in today? And I never tell anybody, because just as soon as I do, the Lord will change that message. I said, Well, you, we'll find out here in just a little while. But you know what? There's something precious we got in that Bible. Amen. Something precious. We have in the living, abiding Word of God. Paul told Timothy to study thyself to be approved. Rightly dividing the Word of truth. We've got a scripture worth studying. You know what? There's a lot of folks, they, especially with these techni- all, these, all the technology today, folks spend a lot of their time on their phones and their tablets and on their computer. Man, your life be a whole lot better if you get off of that stuff and get in the Bible. Yeah, man, because we got a scripture that is worth. So there's some folks that can't be a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ because they can't lay their phone down long enough. Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah, man. Thank God for the Word of God. Thank God for the Scripture. It's got to get in you so it can make a difference in others. Amen. Y'all let that light shine. But is it worth it? Yes, it's worth it. I mean, you think about that. Of thy word have I hid in my heart that I will not sin against God. What does Psalmist say over there about Psalm 10? I don't even know what. I guess Psalm 119. Which said, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. That lamp unto your feet shows you where you are right now. That light unto the path gives you the direction which way you're going. But you're not going to know where you are. You're not going to know where you're going unless you study the Scripture. And it is worth it, man. That investment, uh, that sacrifice, if you will, that time in the morning or the evening during the day. I don't care when you get it, but you need, you need a daily dose prescription of the blessed Word of God. It'll help your life. It'll change your life why is it worth it preacher yes sir there's a scripture that's worth studying there's a savior worth serving but there's a sanctuary worth supporting (laughs) yep man there's a sanctuary that's worth supporting now think about christmas time and i'll probably say more about that i hit it about every year we think about christmas time 
And, and man, thank God for Christmas time. And we think about the birth of Christ. Somebody said, well, what do you do when you take Christ? That's all you got is M-A-S. We got a mess. That's all you got when you take Christ out of Christmas. But think about the sea. We got, we got a lot going on here. I mean, we've got our Christmas drama uh, with, with the program coming up with the kids. We got dinners. We got meals. You're going to be running here. You're going to be running there. You got to buy. You got to put up your decorations. You're going to put up the, the trees. You're going to wrap the presents. You're going to do this. You're going to do that. There are so many things going on. And if you're not careful, you, you'll, put, you'll put your eyes on all the commercial things and you'll forget about the main thing. What the Bible says in Luke chapter number 2, verse number 7, she brought forth her firstborn son, laid him in swaddling, or, and, and, and wrapped him in swaddling clothes, and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the end. The sad reality is this. Not much has changed in over 2,000 years. A lot of folks don't have room for Christ today. Here we are, Christmas season. Well, preacher, I would come to church, but boy, I've got to wrap all these presents. I've got to do all this shopping. I'm just giving an example. But I'm just simply saying, a lot of folks say, is it worth it? A lot of folks are not, really, are not ready to eliminate some things in their life so they can be faithful to the house of God. And they cannot be a true disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. Yeah, man, there's a sanctuary that you ought to support with your time and your talent and with your treasure. I say thank God for the local church, man. I'm a product of the local church. Jesus thought so much of the local church that he died for. Thank God for this little refuge on the side of the road, on Henning's Road in East Bend, North Carolina. Thank God for the folks that, that love the church, support the church, and are here for the church and are faithful there. But, Lord, the, the, there's some work that all of us need to work on. When it can, Is it worth it? Yes, it is. There's a sanctuary worth supporting Amen. Amen. <laughs> I'd ask you this question <laughs> now this may sting but I, the Lord just give it to me so here we go I, if everybody was as faithful as you are how would the church be chew on that a minute if everybody was as faithful as you are, as I am. Now, you got to ask yourself, I ain't talking to your neighbor, I ain't talking to your brother, your sister. If everybody, you got to ask you, if everybody was as committed and as faithful as I am, how would the church be? You could put it this way. <laughs> and this is sort of a different message, but it'll still work. If everybody was as friendly as I am, how would the church be? You could go on and on and on about that, but is it worth it? Absolutely it's worth it. There's a sanctuary worth supporting. I get emails and I get calls sometimes, and a lot of folks from different states that watch on the, on the live stream, and especially that pod band. They've been burning that up with, that, with the podcast or whatever. They say, man, we wish we had a church in our area like Faith Community Baptist. I say, thank God for it. Amen. For, from our choir, for every, listen, we're not a perfect church by no means. And I can tell you that because I'm the pastor. I'm not perfect. But thank God for this place. Amen. And when you got that place, jump in with both feet and serve. Don't get on the fence. Praise God. Get all in and you'll be glad. Is it worth it? Yes, it is. Because there's a Savior worth serving. There's a scripture worth studying. We ain't done there's a sanctuary that's worth supporting. But there's a skill set worth sharing. Everybody get that? There's a skill set worth sharing. God enabled us, made us all different. And he put us all together here in this place. Some visiting, I get that. But as far as our local body of assemblies right here, God has made us all different. But he gave us certain, certain skills and certain skill sets. 
And not everybody is giving all that they should. Not everybody's giving all that they could. Now, now wait a minute. Now, listen. A lot of folks say, well, preacher, I would. But now, listen, you've got to be visible. We, we don't need you to be invisible. We can't, in other words, we can't use you if you're not here. Right. Amen. That goes back to there's a, there's a sanctuary worth supporting with your presence. Oh, yeah, I'm there with you in, pres- in spirit, preacher. Well, that don't cut it, man. We want to use you, and God wants to use your skill set. But if you're not faithful, we cannot use you. Amen. <laughs> Boy, it's quiet in here on a Sunday morning. But think about it. There's a skill set that God wants you to share. But you've got to be willing to share it. But in order for you to do that, there may be some things you've got to eliminate in your life that are hindering and restricting your walk and your discipleship with Lord Jesus. You cannot. That's strong wording, ain't it? Don't get after the preacher now. You better you think about what Jesus said three times. You cannot be my disciple unless you cut ties to them. You say, well, man, that's awful stern. That's awful hard. You take it up with the Word of God. You take it up with the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what he said. But I was sitting by this morning to tell somebody that, hey, is it worth it to be a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ? Yes, because there's a Savior worth serving. There's a Scripture that is worth studying. Amen. There's a skill set that is worth sharing. But there is a song that is worth singing. There's a song that is worth singing. Now, I understand not everybody, everybody's got that talent. So I get that. I'm talking about that song of salvation, that testimony. That's what the psalmist was talking about in Psalm 40, in verse number 1. He said, I waited patiently for the Lord. He inclined unto me and heard my cry. He brought me up also out of a horrible pit and set my feet upon a rock and established my glory. And he hath put a new song in my mouth. Even praise unto our God. Listen now, many shall see it in fear and shall trust in the Lord. What are they going to see? They're going to see that song that's on your mouth. Amen. There's a song that is worth singing today. There's a sanctuary that is worth supporting. But above all, there's a Savior that is worth serving. Today, Sister Savannah is coming. Jesus had some strong wording. He said, you want to be my disciple? There's some things that you got to do. You cannot be my disciple. I I didn't come this morning to try to be mean, try to peach down to anybody. No, none whatsoever. I just came to give you my heart, what the Lord laid on our heart for this hour. When it comes to discipleship, too many times we're too flippant. Well, I'll just do my own thing. Yeah, I'll I'll try to serve the Lord the best I can. Well, listen, we all can just serve serve to the best of our ability. Some of us got skill sets we ain't using. Some reason is because we, we never got over the first point. We ain't got over the point of, well, the Savior worth serving. Because if you got the concept that, hey, you know what, my Savior's worth serving, then you're going to support. <laughs> you're going to sing. Don't mean every day is going to be great. You're going to have a skill set that you're going to be ready, willing, and able to give, not to be seen, but that your works will glorify your Father, which is in heaven. Now, this morning, as we stand all over the house, heads are bowed. Eyes are closed. Tough, tough message. I get it. I understand it. Hello, friends. This is Brian Poindexter, the pastor of Faith Community Baptist Church, located at 2216 Hennings Road in East Bend, North Carolina. We're so grateful to have you listening to our CD ministry that's been provided as an outreach of our church. It's our desire and focus at Faith Community Baptist Church to preach and teach the whole counsel of God to a lost and dying world to equip the saints of God for service, and to encourage the elderly and shut-ins who cannot attend services due to physical ailments. 
We meet every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. for Sunday school for all ages. And our Sunday school hour is followed by our worship service at 11 a.m. with old-fashioned singing and preaching from the Word of God. We meet back every Sunday night at 6 p.m. for our worship service. And every second Sunday night of each month, we have what's called an eat and meet service. After our 6 p.m. service, we gather in the fellowship hall for food and fellowship. On Wednesdays, we meet back at the church for our midweek worship service with choir singing and preaching again from God's holy word. Our ladies prepare a meal each Wednesday prior to our service from 5.30 p.m. to 6.30 p.m. I give you and your family a cordial invitation to be with us at any or all of our service times. Above all, you may be listening today, and maybe you've never made a personal commitment to the Lord Jesus Christ. Friend, that's the greatest decision anyone can ever make in this life. Too many folks prepare for vacation. They prepare for retirement. They seem to prepare for everything, but sad to say, many make no preparations for eternity. The reality is very clear. We all will leave this world someday. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 9 and verse 27, And as it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this the judgment. You must understand that you are guilty before a holy God. Romans 3.23 said, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. The prophet Isaiah said in chapter 53 and verse 6, All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way. And the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. You must understand that your good words, good works and good deeds will not get you to heaven. Isaiah 64 and verse 6 says, But we are all as an unclean thing. All our righteousnesses are as filthy rags, and we all do fade as a leaf, and our iniquities, like the wind, have taken us away. Ephesians chapter 2, the Bible said, Therefore by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. You must understand that you are loved. I'm thankful that in John 3 and verse 16, it said, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Romans 5 and verse 8 declares, But God commendeth his love toward us, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. You must understand and realize there's only one way to stand right before God. There's not many ways, there's only one. Jesus said in John 14 and verse number 6, He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Acts chapter 4 and verse 12, the apostles' message was very simple. There in Acts chapter 4, in verse number 12, they said, Neither is there salvation in any other, for there's none other name under heaven given among men, whereby we must be saved. You might ask the question, Preacher, how can I be saved? That's what the Philippian jailer asked in Acts chapter 16, verse 30 and 31. He asked Paul and Silas, he said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? They said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved and thy house. Romans 10, 9 said that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. You must ask God to save you. I can't do it. No one can do it for you. Romans 10, 13 said, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. If you know you're a sinner, and if you're sorry for your sin, and you believe Jesus died for your sins, you simply have to ask him to save you. And I say, Preacher, how can I know for sure God will hear me? But first of all, the Bible tells us that we must be drawn. John 6 and verse 44, Jesus said, No man can come to me except the Father which had sent me draw him, and I will raise him up at the last day. 
Psalm 51 and verse 17 gives us the attitude we need to have when we come to God. It said there, the sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart. O God, thou wilt not despise. If God draws you by conviction, if you're sorry for your sin, you repent of them. If you believe Jesus died for your sins, and if you asked him to save you, then the Bible declares you've been saved. If you trusted Jesus Christ as your Savior, then you've been forgiven of all your sins. Romans 8, 1 declares, There is therefore now no condemnation of them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. Once a person has been saved, they need to be a part of a fundamental Bible-believing church where they can grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ. God calls us out of darkness and commands us to walk in light after we've been saved by His marvelous grace. If we can help you here at Faith Community Baptist Church in any way, feel free to contact us. If you have asked God to save you, please contact us and we will send you some free literature to help you in your newfound life in Christ. Thank you again for listening to our CD ministry that's been provided by our church here. And may God richly bless you and your family is our prayer.